0: Thanks for listening in to The Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. Verse number 12. Go down to verse number 12. If you're there, can you say amen? writing inspired by the Holy Spirit says, since we have such a hope, somebody say hope, we are very bold. Not like Moses who will put a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to an end, but their minds were hardened. For to this day, when they read the old covenant, that same veil remains unlifted of the lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another for this comes from the lord who is the spirit we're going to pause right there second corinthians chapter 3 it is packed it is rich it is full of goodness for your life and my life I'm telling you, we can take a whole semester of CLS to really study this because what Paul is really writing here will literally unlock so much of what God wants to do in our life. I'm gonna try to do it justice and try to have a conversation around this. You gotta join a connect group as we start talking about this over the next few weeks. But um, today, part two of this series as we talk about glory days, the year of glory, seeing God's glory. I wanna talk to you from this topic if you're taking notes. Today, I title this message, Through the Fire through the fire let's pray and then uh we'll ask God to speak to us today as we speak about second Corinthians and what it means to see God's glory and then uh we'll worship and since there is not a Dolphins game there is no future for football in South Florida right now we may just start worshiping and uh maybe we'll just worship all Sunday afternoon go into the evening amen there's like four amens everybody else is like no I, I want to go home We'll wrap up in about 30 minutes and then go have an awesome time. But come on, let's pray. And then we'll talk about Second Corinthians. Father, we thank you. We love you. We thank you for all that you are doing. We thank you that you are at work. You're at work at Calvary. You are working so many churches in South Florida, around the world. Thank you, God. I believe that revival is happening. You are on the move. And I believe that you want to do a greater work in our life. God, we thank you for each and every single person that's here today watching online spirit of the living god have your way in our life today we love you thank you for loving people like us thank you for a brand new day thank you for a brand new month a brand new year and i believe that we have new mercies and new grace to walk on we thank you we love you we give you all the praise all the glory and all of calvary church says oh come on all of calvary church says can you make some noise for jesus one more time come on Paul is writing about transformation and change in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, especially in verse 18. Somebody say change. God is into change. And many times for change to happen, heat needs to be present. Fire is often needed for transformation to take place. I don't know about you, but I don't tend to like fire in my life. But I see how fire can take something from one state and transform it to another. Recently, um, our baby girl, Aria, and I know some of you are like, another daughter story. I know, I know. I'm a a dad now. I got daughter stories every week. Somebody told me after the 1 p.m. service last week, Please don't stop. We want to hear more daughter stories. And I'm like, I got a, a bunch of, they're, they're, they're coming. <laughs> Our daughter is into these little yogurt bites. These little yogurt bites. She is obsessed with them. She will not eat broccoli. She will not eat, um, cauliflower, but these yogurt bites, she, I mean, four or five at a time. And she is just down in these yogurt. The thing is they are expensive. And if we keep buying them at the rate she's eating them, we're going to be broke, broke, broke in, uh, just a few weeks. And so my daughter is growing, growing fast. She's healthy. And so Diana came up with a brilliant idea several weeks ago. She said, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to buy a dehydrator and make them myself. And I said, go on with your bad self. (laughs) I didn't even know you could buy a dehydrator for your house. And so Diana bought a dehydrator. and, And so she made the yogurt mix. And what you do is that you put the yogurt in these trays The trays go inside the dehydrator. You set a time to it. I'm learning. (laughs) You set a time to it and you leave it there for maybe two, three hours. And when you come back, that which was once yogurt has been transformed to yogurt chips. It is awesome. It's like a science project in my kitchen. (laughs) How does something that was in basically liquid form change to now being a chip? Well, the dehydrator works with heat. It is under heat for three, four hours, and it literally dehydrates it. It takes out the moisture so that this thing becomes a chip. It is saving us a lot of money, and I'm getting teaching analogies from the dehydrator, so it was a good investment. The heat is used to transform this yogurt from one state to another. Paul is speaking about transformation. God is into transforming our lives. God wants you and I to constantly be growing, to constantly be developing, to constantly be changing because he wants to better our life. He wants us to look different, think different, love different, and many times God will use anything and everything to change us. God wants us to change. Somebody say change. The Bible says he made us in our likeness and our image. Let us make man in our likeness and our image. Sin came into the dirt, transformed us for something worse. And now God says, okay, let me start forming you and more and, and molding you to look like me again, to think like me again, to act like me again. So we are constantly under the operation of God to look like him once again. So God is constantly trying develop you and I and he will use everything oh he will use everything to make us better many times it involves heat it involves fire it involves the rough and tough times of life that we so often complain about he is the potter we are the clay and he's molding the clay, and he's trying for us to look like him, and he will use every circumstance to mold that attitude, to mold that temper, to mold that heart, to mold that face. Come on, somebody. He is working in our heart, and he will use every. Come on. He'll use the in-laws. Can I get an amen? He'll use the job. He'll use the money situation. He'll use your health. He'll use your boss. He'll use the employees. He'll use the co-workers. He'll use the weather. He'll use everything. He'll use your singleness. He'll use your marriage he'll use the betrayal he'll use everything in our life to make us better because he is trying to make us to look more like him and so God will put us under the fire because he's the chef that's cooking up a good meal can I get an amen Amen. let him cook (laughs) God is working in our life and he will use the fire and the heat of life to make us more like him if you're like me I do not like the fires of life (laughs) anybody ever been under fire and you're like, God, but why? If you're like me, I start asking God every question. God, I don't understand why I gotta go through this. But God, how are you going to work it out? God, what are you up to? God, when are you finally, God, where is your, anybody know what I'm talking about? Come on, you want to act all holy and like saints and cute and sanctified on a Sunday morning, but anybody like me, you start complaining, God, I don't understand. God, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I don't see your hand. I don't see your pride. I don't see your glory, God. I am, I am frustrated. I am mad. That is me. That is me. I start asking God, God, every type of question. And that's like the clay talking back to the potter. But why are you shaping me like this? I don't want to be a vase. I want it to just be a little pot. I want a little plant. Why are you making me into a vase? I don't like a vase. Can not be like the pot? The pot's like, I want to be a vase. Everybody starts complaining about what the potter is doing. What we have to understand is that the potter never has to ask permission to the clay to do whatever he wants to do with it. I'm just going to trust that he's making something beautiful out of my life. So this year, I just decided to stop asking questions and start trusting more. When we start complaining, I'll put it this way today. When we start complaining, murmuring, we delay our development. We delay our development. God is trying to develop you and I to look more like him, to think more like him. You were made in his likeness and his image. The dirt gets in the way, and what he's trying to do is form you, transform you, change you, develop you to look more like him but when we start murmuring complaining we are going to delay the development that god wants to do are you following me? that's why james the book that we studied last year james writes in chapter one it all joy not count some of it joy not count half of it count it all joy My brothers and sisters, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Let steadfastness have its full. Somebody come on. Somebody say full. That you may be perfect and complete, lacking in. The minute we start murmuring, complaining, we delay. And instead of being perfect and complete, we come out imperfect and incomplete. When we try to avoid what God is doing in our life, we are going to be deficient on the other side instead of efficient for what God has for us, because we keep trying to evade. We're trying to escape the fires and the heat of life. Some of us were in here today and we don't like where God has us. We don't like the oven or the dehydrator that we are in right now. God, this is not comfortable. I'm under fire. My life is under fire. It feels like there's heat all around me. I don't understand what's going on. And you have your arms crossed today. You have your face twisted like you just tried some sour heads. And you are upset at God. And why am I in this situation today? And why did you sit me even next to this person? They sang off key and all loud. And they don't even know what I'm going through. I'm upset. I haven't seen your hand. I'm still single. I'm still sick. I'm still frustrated. I'm still broke. And God is like, if you just trust a the potter, then I'm so I'm shaping you. I'm molding you. I'm trying to make you better. I'm trying to make you like the sun. I am doing a work in your life. I'm trying to perfect you. I'm trying to make you perfect and complete. Come on, this morning you gotta get some faith on the inside and say this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad I'm not saying everything's good, but I'm saying he's good. I'm not saying I got it all together, but he does. I'm trusting the potter. I'm trusting the maker. Oh, he's working in my life. I will see his glory. Can I get an amen? Come on, he's working it out. Tell your neighbor he's working it out. Through the fire, he is working it out. This is the God that we have. So you and I today, we need to trust the forming that is working through the fire. He's forming us. He's shaping us. And it may not feel like it today. You're on the other side. And instead of getting better, you've gotten bitter. You're resentful. You're upset. You're mad at God. You can't praise God for what's happening. You don't see his hand. Can I tell you, trust that he's forming you, shaping you. Don't let your feelings dictate your soul and your spirit. Today, you say, I will bless the Lord. All my soul, bless the Lord. Because the potter is at work. I know it may not seem like it, but those of us who are followers, believers of Jesus Christ, can trust that he's at work. This is what Paul is talking about in 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians is the second letter he wrote to the church of Corinth. Now, if you study a little bit, It probably isn't in the second letter. It was most likely the third or the fourth letter. They say that one or two got lost. We have 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians. But he's writing this letter because something is happening in the church. In fact, if you go back to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 18, Paul began this church. Paul went to the city of Corinth, and there he met a couple named Aquila and Priscilla. Not Priscilla, my sister, who's single and looking for a man of God, but but, but another Priscilla. Aquila and Priscilla, they're in this city. (laughs) just never you never know um and so paul begins to work with them they make tents with their hands and they start preaching and teaching to the people around them and a church is born and there begins the church in the city of corinth paul after some time moves on and continues to establish and open up churches all throughout the known world and the church of corinth starts flourishing but but corinth is a wild city if you think Miami is a wild city, you need to go back and read about the church of Corinth and the city of Corinth. It was Las Vegas on steroids. Like, like there were sayings, there, there was literally phrases, how to live immoral like a Corinth. Like, our city is rated G. Like, this is like only in Corinth, hashtag. Like, like this is like, this is a bad, crazy, immoral city. And a church is trying to thrive in the middle of that. God is working on its behalf. But often what happens, like it happens in our world today, is that the world tries to seep into the church. And so these false teachers, false pastors, or false apostles started coming into the church of Corinth. Are you following me? Now, what did they start saying? They said, hey, that guy, Paul, who started this church, he's not really a man of God. Look at his life. What did they say? Look at Paul. He's weak. He's fragile. He can't communicate. No, he, he actually is poor, and he's suffering in his life. Are you following me so far? This is what they're saying about Paul. They literally go into the church and they're like, hey, that pastor that you once had, he's not a really man of God. He's weak. He's fragile. He's poor. He's suffering. Look at us. We are the new apostles in the building. They said, look at us, we are rich, we are strong, oh, we can speak eloquently. Paul, Paul will put you to sleep when he was preaching. In the book of Acts, a man of God, a little young man of God sat by a window. Paul is preaching for hours. The young kid fell asleep, fell out of the window and died. He wasn't a preacher. You would want to go like, oh, I can't wait to hear Paul. You would fall asleep listening to Paul. Paul had to go outside, go down three floors and revive the kid, came back up and continue preaching till the sun came up. So they're like, Paul cannot speak. We all, we are the best communicators on the face of the earth. And we are not suffering, we are successful. Now follow me, they're saying, look at the life of Paul, there is no glory in his life. There's no glory in his life. He's not a true minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's no glory. He's suffering. He's poor. He has to make tents with his hands. Oh, how can you follow a man of God that that is poor and weak and fragile? This letter, 2 Corinthians, is Paul's response to these men. Are you following me so far? In fact, he mocks them a little bit when he writes this letter. He goes, hey, those new super apostles, I got a word for them. And he's saying, my life may not look like glory. It may look like they tried to kill me several times. I've gone hungry. I've been shipwrecked. They threw rocks at my head and they tried to kill me. They put me in prison. They had to carry me half dead. And it may look like I'm dying, but on the inside, I want to tell you, I'm resurrecting through the power of Jesus Christ. Oh, it may not look like I have glory in my life, but this gospel that I preach is full of glory. This gospel has glory. This gospel has a glory that you can't see with your naked eye. This gospel will change a nation. This gospel will change a city. This gospel will change a drug dealer to a hope dealer. This gospel will turn the city upside down. This gospel is full of glory. You are judging me based on outward appearance, but I'm just under the fire of transformation because I'm going from glory to glory to glory to glory. This gospel I preach has glory. This This gospel I believe has glory. This gospel I stand on has glory. It is the power of God for unto salvation. I am not ashamed of the gospel. It may look like I'm dying, but baby, I'm resurrecting. I got glory on the inside. So this is Paul saying, oh, you know nothing about glory. I got the real glory of God. The church in Corinth was surrounded by a city that was all based on image it was all based on outward appearance the city of Corinth was vain how much muscles did you have who had the latest Louis and Prada and who had the latest coats and robes and who had the best seats in the synagogues it was a very vain city much like our city today and if your image wasn't up to par they would discredit you and if you were going through rough circumstances, they're like, Who is that? You're not as successful as us. Look at how many followers we have on Instagram. Look at me. I am now an influencer on social media and I am leading the world. And if your life didn't look like that, they would try to discredit. So they were trying to take away the credentials of Paul because of his circumstances. And he's saying, You have no idea about the glory of my God who's using the circumstances in my life so that he can get all the glory all the honor and all the praise Paul then goes into a beautiful argument in chapter 3 trying to get them to understand how powerful the glory is of this gospel I'm going to try to do it justice but you you and I need to study that. It. it is beautiful he says, oh, you want to follow these super apostles? You want to go by outward appearance? That's compared to the law that we used to follow. He says, Moses, the one that we used to follow, Moses, the one who brought down the law, he went to meet with God and he would talk with God and he would come out of meeting with God. He had glory shining on his face. Now, because we couldn't see the glory, because we couldn't handle the truth, they would put a veil over Moses' face. Moses would literally talk to the people of Israel with a veil over his face. So the glory was hidden. It was also a way of symbolizing that the Old Testament had a whole bunch of hidden meanings and mysteries of the Messiah that was coming. All the Old Testament and the law, the Ten Commandments and all of the laws they followed were just typical things that God was using, shadows and figures, to talk about a Messiah that was coming. It was a hidden gospel. It had a glory, but it was a lesser glory, and that glory would fade. That glory could change Moses' face, but it could never change the people's heart. And he says, but there's a glory now that came to what Moses was pointing at the prophets were pointing at all of the books of the Old Testament were pointing to this one coming Messiah and he wasn't coming with a hidden glory he wasn't coming with a half glory he was coming with the full glory of God Emmanuel God in the flesh God with us that is the glory of God that's the gospel we believe and now we have an unveiled face you don't need to hide your face anymore you can look at the glory of God and as you look at it it changes you it transforms you it you to look like him. This is the gospel that we have now. The glory has been revealed in Jesus. you want to see God? Alex, what is God like? I I don't understand God. Where is God? I want to know what he's like. Does he care? Does he love me? I don't know where God is. Look at Jesus. You want to know what God is like? Look at Jesus. Read about Jesus. Listen to his words because when we see read and hear about Jesus, you are looking at God the Father. Hebrews chapter 1, the writer of Hebrews says, He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of His nature. And He upholds the universe by the word of His power. After making purifications for sins, He sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. He is the radiance of God. When you see Jesus, he is the exact imprint of God the Father. What is God like? Look to Jesus. That's why the disciples in John chapter 14, it says, Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and then I'll have enough. And Jesus said to him, have I been with you for so long, and you still don't know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. Oh, when we read Jesus' words, when we see Jesus, we are seeing God the Father. Are you following me? 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Moses came with the veiled glory. Jesus came with the unveiled glory. What Moses understood in part you and I now understand fully and he says you want to keep leaving veiled? You will never be able to see the truth that in spite of life's circumstances, in spite of life going, feeling like hell and it feels like you're walking like hell and you're under the fire, if you see Jesus, you will understand that he uses everything for his glory, for his power, and he's making us more like him. He's shaping us to be like him in the suffering, in the trials, in the heartache, in the oven. He is making us more like the sun. And we now see him and we can be like him through all of life. And so today, your life may not feel like glory. Alex, I thought being in glory would be walking in clouds, and I'll have health and wealth, and that'll be the glory of God. Paul says, that's a veiled gospel that only goes by outside. Visible things. This real gospel, oh, it goes deep down, beyond the surface level. It changes us from the inside out. Are you on the fire today? Are you in the dehydrator? Are you in the oven of life? Trust that the potter is working in the clay. Paul says, You see my life, and you're trying to say that there is no glory? Oh, well, I got a glory that never fades. And as I look to that glory, that glory is now taking me from glory to glory to glory. He continues his argument. We stopped reading in verse 18, but the next chapter, he continues his argument about this glory being better. And we're going to read just a few more verses. Chapter 4, verses 7 through 12. Look what Paul writes. Follow me now. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God. Come on, belongs to In other words, I don't care what credentials you have. I don't care what super apostle you are. The power doesn't belong to us. It belongs to Him and not to us. And then he says, oh, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. We're perplexed, but not driven to despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. We're struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. Come on, come on, church. I, I need you. What Paul is writing there, what Paul is writing there is what following Jesus is all about. You cannot say you are a partaker of God's glory and the glory of His Son if you don't understand partaking in the suffering of the Son. The Son suffered because He knew what was ahead and in the suffering He was glorified. Oh, Paul says it may look like I'm suffering it may look like I'm in an oven in a dehydrator oh but that is Jesus in me and as I die with Jesus I'm going to resurrect with Jesus and tomorrow it may seem like I'm dying again but it's working out life in me and it's working out life in you as you see the Father being faithful as you see the Father being graceful as you see the Father delivering me it may look like I'm dying but I'm really living on the inside I'm dying to the old me I'm dying to the old ways i'm dying to the old paul i'm dying to the flesh but i'm resurrecting from glory to glory to glory i'm on my way to be better i'm on my way to resurrection i'm on my way to glory days this thing won't kill me it comes to make me better this thing won't take me out i'm gonna be more like the sun paul says i'm actually dying and living with jesus and he says and thank god because when i die is producing life in you because as we see each other dying and living it produces faith on the inside how did he make it through that that gives me faith and hope for tomorrow Paul is preaching a beautiful glorious gospel that goes beyond the surface level our society is surface level Christians he says listen it may look like I'm dying but my God my God is working out everything through the fire through the fire. He gives us, he gives us four assurances in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Today, if you're going through the fire, these four assurances can be yours as well. Wherever you're at, if you feel like life is pressing you, if you feel like the heat is on, if it feels like you're in the oven, he says these four assurances. He says, oh, I'm afflicted, but I'm not crushed. Come on, somebody. I'm perplexed, but I'm not despaired. I'm persecuted, but I'm not forsaken. And I'm struck down, but not destroyed. Anybody praise God that it does not matter how hot the oven gets. It does not matter how hot the fire and the flames of life. I know I may be walking through the fire, but I'm not crushed. I know the oven is on a high temperature. Oh, but I'm not despaired. I know it may look like I'm being crushed, but he's working out all things for the good of those who love him. He's for me. He's with me. And I know that God works out all, all things. The good, the bad, the ugly, the pretty, the big, the small. He's working it all out. He's making me more like the sun. I'm trusting the hand of the potter with my life. I'm not crushed. I'm not despaired. I'm not forsaken. I'm not destroyed. But through the fire, I'm becoming like Jesus. I'm preaching to myself. Come on, when life throws all of hell at you, he's working it out. He's shaping you, molding you, forming you. hotter. I put glory on the inside of you. I put glory on the inside of you and that glory is going to take you from glory to glory to glory to glory to glory to glory to glory until we get to glory. So you and I we have a choice. I can get bitter in the fire or I can get better in the fire. And if I understand the little bit that my limited, finite mind can understand is that he, he's working it all out. He's making me like the sun and he's working on my behalf. I want to finish with one last few verses and I know I keep saying that, but the last few verses. Right right after that, look, look what Paul says. You're welcome. Look, look, let's thank the Holy Spirit in Paul. Look, look right after that. Look look what Paul writes. So we do not lose heart. This is a man that is dying. They've thrown rocks at him. They've carried him half dead. They've thrown him in prison. They haven't given him food. He's broke. He has to make a tent with his hands. And yet he's bold with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And after going through all of the hell and fire and people criticizing him, turning their back on him and leaving him, betraying him, Paul says, I don't lose heart and neither should you. Although our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day for this light and momentary afflict. I want to talk like Paul that you can go through hell and be like, this is light and momentary affliction. Paul did not look light. It's preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. He says, ah, enjoy your riches. Enjoy your gold and your silver. None of that is bad, but if that's where your foundation is, I got an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are Seen, but to the things that are remember this society was all about the visible how you look what you have who follows you what you possess no I look at the things that are unseen for the things that are seen are transient they come and go but the things that are unseen are eternal what a finish what a finish for this great man of God who was was pressed crushed persecuted yet he held on and he said I'm not losing heart come what may in this life my heart and my flesh may fail me but you are forever my portion says the psalmist I got glory on the inside and that glory is working out something greater than the eye can see I'm beholding his glory. I'm looking at Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. In the meantime, he's making me better through the fire. You and I today, I want to tell you, I don't know what life looks like right now. As we started this year, could already be upside down, could be a mess, could be confusing. It may be feeling like you're crushed maybe feeling like you're persecuted. Can I tell you, God is working it all out for the good of those who love him. I'll finish with these last three things. We need to keep on believing, keep on renewing, keep on beholding. What does Paul tell us there in the last few verses, 16 through 18? Hey, don't lose heart. Keep on believing. We're being transformed. Keep on renewing your mind. Some of us, we need to get the lies of the enemy out disconnect the bluetooth from hell and connect it to the bluetooth of heaven and start listening to the truth i'm renewing my mind and keep on beholding it says that as we behold him like a mirror it says now you can see god like a mirror you look in the mirror you see yourself he says now we see jesus this way he is the mirror and as you see him you're being transformed into that same image you become like that which you behold. What are you beholding with your eyes? What are you looking at with your eyes? Paul says, we look to him. We look to him. All this is going on around him, but I'm, I'm keeping my eyes fixed on him. Why don't we stand up all over this place? Come on. Today, if you don't know Jesus, I can't think of a better day, better time than right now. The glories of this world will fade. Everything will go. But there's only one God that will live forever and ever and ever. Today, I don't know what you're after. I don't know what your life looks like. Here's what I know. God loves you. God is for you. And God wants to take you from glory to glory. With every eye closed, every head bowed, the Bible says that all of us are sinners. I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. There's not one perfect person in this place, additional seating, all live. We've all failed, we've all done wrong, stopped wrong. And yet God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son, the one who looks like him, talks like him, thinks like him, the glory of God in the son, God in the flesh. He came down to show us the way so that we can see him and have life. The Bible says he took my sins and your sins. He went up on a cross and he died on that cross. God put on human flesh and took on death, went down to a grave and three days later came up alive and showed that he has power over sin and death. Today, sin doesn't need to have power over you. Today, all of life circumstances don't need to confuse you, drive you crazy. There's a God who's in control of everything. And he is the resurrected one. He's alive today. And today he's offering you brand new life, a brand new opportunity. The Bible says that the wages of sin are death. Death brings destruction, but the gift of God is eternal life. Whenever every eye close, every head bowed, in a moment of privacy and prayer, if you're here and you say, Alex, I need Jesus. Alex, I need forgiveness for my sins. I've done wrong, thought wrong, said wrong. I know the route that I'm going is not leading me to life, but to destruction. Today, I need a brand new beginning. The Bible says you need to repent. All that word means is turn around, turn around, head to the the father, the creator, the potter. He loves you and he wants to make you new. Today, if you're saying, Alex, I need forgiveness for my sins. The Bible says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. Today, you're gonna have a brand new beginning. More than a brand new year, you can have a brand new beginning in your life. With every eye closed, every head bowed, come on, as we're all praying, I'm going to count to three. If you're in here and you say, Alex, I need Jesus, I would love to pray for you. When I count to three, can you just lift up your hand quickly, just hold it up high enough, long enough for me to see you, then you can put it right back down. I'm not going to embarrass you. Every eye closed, in a moment of prayer, privacy, if you're saying, Alex, I need Jesus, you lift up your hand. You're saying I'm taking that step of faith today. I'm believing with my heart and confessing with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. I would love to pray for you. Hold it up high enough, long enough for me to see you, then you can put it right back down. Hands going up already. One, two, three. Raise your hand all over this place. Raise it up. If you're saying, Alex, I need Jesus. Alex, I need Jesus. Hold it up, hold it up. I see you, I see you, I see you, I see you, I see you. You and 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 you. Awesome, 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 awesome. I see you, I see you. Here to the right, I see you, awesome. You can put your hands back down. I'm gonna say a simple prayer I want all of us to repeat it out loud. We're confessing Jesus as Lord and I think this is a beautiful moment. It's a holy moment. The Spirit of God is here. Repeat after me. Say, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity. Today I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. Come on, say, Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. That you died for my sins, and on the third day, you resurrected. Come on, say, Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord, and be my Savior. From today on, I am saved, I'm forgiven, and I'm healed. In Jesus' name, amen. on the best decision of your life. And outside, we got a bunch of people waving these bags. This is a free gift from us to you. And if you didn't get a gift for Christmas, we got one for you in January. There's a Bible in there, there's a coffee, coupon, there's a book, all kind of stuff. More importantly, that Bible is gonna help you understand the God that we're talking about today. Pick it up on the way out, say, hey, I did that prayer with Alex. They're gonna give you that free gift. Come on, why don't you hug somebody around you? We're gonna sing this song out one more time. As we lead, tell somebody I'm walking in my glory days. Father, we love you, we thank you.